Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm going to be sharing four myths about binge eating. So often when we are engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors with food, we place the blame on ourselves, right? What is wrong with me? Why can't I stick to the plan? I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. I'm not consistent. I've tried so many diets, but I can never stick to one. I can't keep continuing on like this, right? And then you ask yourself, like, why do I keep doing this to myself all the time? I know it's such a shitty thing to do and I feel horrible and gross, but I just keep on doing it. And by the way, if you haven't watched or listened to the last episode where I actually talk about hating binge eating, but kind of liking it at the same time, definitely go ahead and check out that episode. It's number 15 and it's titled Hate Binge Eating, but also uh, sort of like it at the same time. So definitely check that out. But anyways, you know, we're so quick to to blame ourselves, you know, for sticking with these self-sabotaging behaviors. And there is kind of good news and bad news when it comes to ending your binge eating. So I'll start with the good news first. <laughs> you are not the problem. So you can just go ahead and take a deep breath in. And exhale out this belief that you're broken, that it's your fault for struggling with this. And, you know, it's just it's just your problem, your fault. You know, like that's just a lot to be holding on yourself, girl. But if you're feeling that way, I get it because I felt that way for for so many years. I can't tell you how many times I thought that there was just something wrong with me. Like I was literally broken and the problem was me. Like I just didn't have the motivation. I just didn't have the willpower to stick with my diet. And that's why I struggled with binge eating. But that's not true. Okay, so that's the good news. That's the good news. All right. Now for the bad news. (laughs) The bad news is that you might be believing one of these four myths that I'm going to be sharing today. So let's get into it. Myth buster number one when it comes to ending binge eating is this belief of I just need more motivation. Now look, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. When we are 
having trouble sticking to a plan, we're constantly falling off our diet. It's so easy to think that, you know, motivation is going to whip us back into track. And maybe you can think of a time actually in your past where you were exercising, you were eating well, and you were feeling amazing. And you look back and say like, damn, I was just so motivated. But motivation comes and it goes, right? Some days you feel really, really motivated. And some days you literally don't even have an ounce in motivation at all, right? Your motivation can say, all right, just eat clean, stick with the plan. But your mind says, it's been such a long, stressful day at work. I just really want to sit down on the couch, put my feet up and just have that bowl of ice cream or eat that bag of chips. And once you get that craving and you've already kind of planned out, figured out in your mind what you're going to eat, I'm sorry, honey buns, but no amount of motivation is going to get you to not eat that bowl of ice cream or eat that bag of chips. And I'm talking about in a sustainable manner, right? Maybe some days it's going to work and some days you don't end up eating that ice cream or you don't end up eating that bag of chips. But it's silly to rely on motivation because it's this finite thing. And you might again say, well, when I was eating well and I was exercising in my past and I felt amazing, I was motivated. And that could be true, but usually we feel motivated when we enjoy something. When we are motivated, we crave the feeling that, it, that the thing that we're doing gives us and we keep chasing the feeling. You know when people say they love how they feel when they go on a run? First off, bless you. I, I hate running. But my partner often says this and, he, and he'll, you know, go for a run and sometimes he'll complain about his shin splints and his knees. And I keep asking him, like, why do you keep doing it then? And he says, it feels good. He loves the way that the run, the run makes him feel. So it's not that he's motivated necessarily to go for a run. He's motivated to feel a certain way. Yeah? Are you getting, are you getting me? <laughs> so when you're feeling like you've fallen off the bandwagon with your diet, you are just craving the feeling of feeling good and being consistent. Now, if you're trying to use motivation to stick to this boring chicken and broccoli diet plan and no carbs, only eat your meal prepped meals, that doesn't give you the same feel good feeling that you're actually longing for. So it's not a you thing. It's not a lack of motivation. Choosing to eat plain, boring foods isn't the feeling that you want. And heck, I don't blame you. Right. So again, there's nothing wrong with you for not being able to stick with that plan. You perhaps are just trying to motivate yourself into doing something that is completely not enjoyable for you. And for some of us, it's not realistic at all. You know, like let's look at intermittent fasting for an example. Right. We, we blame ourselves like when it's nine o'clock at night and we're getting these cravings but maybe your body was actually not designed to stop eating every single day at 7 p.m., right? So the, the, the truth is, you know, 
we can we can blame ourselves all we want and, and try to stir up this this motivation all we want, but we can't we can't override our minds. Like no, you can be the most disciplined, the most motivated person on the planet, but trying to motivate yourself to do something that is not enjoyable, it's it's not going to happen. It's not going to be something that you can sustain. Trying to motivate myself, you guys, to go for a run. It's just not going to happen because I simply don't like it. You know, and I used to do that in my past. I would, you know, tell myself, you know, get into running. You know, you got to do more cardio and just maybe if you do it long enough, then maybe you'll start enjoying it. Right. But oftentimes I never felt like doing it and it would be so easy for me to beat myself up and feeling like there was something wrong with me. When it just wasn't for me, my body wasn't designed to, to do that. <laughs> All right. So that is myth buster number one. You do not need more motivation. All right. OK, let's move on. Myth buster number two is this belief that you need to find and work on all of your triggers in order to end binge eating. So how many of you believe that you binge because you're bored or you're stressed or you're overwhelmed? I remember actually uh, seeing a, a therapist um, because, you know, I, I honestly felt broken with my relationship with food. And I walk into the room and sat down and she says, how are your relationships? Like, do you feel stressed out? Is everything OK in your life? And. Number one, that really frustrated me because I, I was like, hold on here. <laughs> everybody always goes to this. Everybody always says, you know, like, how was your childhood and how are your relationships? Are you OK? Are you happy? So that kind of just frustrated me. But the other reason why it frustrated me was because it made me think that I needed to spend so much time getting all of my ducks in a row in all other areas of my life, you know, and just stop being so stressed out. And don't get me wrong, you guys, like we, we do need to minimize stress and it's important to really seek the root of our food and body struggles. But stress in and of itself isn't what actually makes you binge. You know, let's say like so often we, we all have these stressful weeks right? Maybe you had a, a really stressful week at work and, you know, you come home so exhausted and you right away just go into the cupboards and start munching on all the food. And then you're quick to blame your binge eating on the stressful week at work when it's not the stress that made you binge. But you've just created this association that whenever you're stressed, you binge. Right. We have to understand that we've you've wired this habit into your brain and due to repetition of acting on the impulse to binge, you've created this deep neural pathway, which makes the feeling that you get when the binge impulse comes on extremely uncomfortable. And it's this feeling that you have to give in right away. And because many of us don't like sitting in the discomfort, we want to run away. We want to escape from it. So we binge, get rid of that feeling, and it just becomes a habit, right? We crave that high, the feel-good feelings that binge eating gives us. 
but no amount of stress is going to make you binge or not binge because I'm sure you've had times where you weren't stressed yet you still binged. So you don't want to link the two. Okay. You don't want to connect binge eating with being stressed because then every single time you're stressed, guess what? You are going to binge. All right. Myth number three is this belief that I need to keep all trigger foods out of the house. Now understand this, okay? There could definitely be foods that are more triggering than others, right? Maybe you love bread, but when it's in the house, you don't really feel the need to eat it all. But chocolate, on the other hand, is a whole other ball game. If it's in the house, you'll go ham and you'll just eat it all. So we need to find a, a happy medium. And you know me, I'm all about creating sustainable transformation. So keeping all of your trigger foods out of the house is only going to make you crave them even more. The impulse to binge is going to become even stronger. We all know this, right? Whatever you remove from your diet is what you want even more. Now, at the same time, it might be a very slippery slope to keep chocolate in the house if you know that that is a big trigger food for you. So perhaps you just choose, you know, one or two foods that you can keep in the house or let's say, you know, a smaller pack of chocolate as compared to all of the chocolate bars because then of course you're going to be tempted to eat it. I look back at my trigger foods and protein bars were a really big trigger food for me. And I remember eating like three or four bars in one sitting so many times. And I would always usually buy a box like 12 or 24 bars because it was always so much cheaper. You would get like a a discount um, of buying a box and just buying one or two at at, at a time. And I really loved how convenient they they were and you know, it was somewhat of a healthier option than a chocolate bar. But when I had the whole box in my house, let me tell you, it was much easier for me to go through three or four protein bars at once because it was right in front of me, right? The option was there. But at the same time, if I didn't allow myself to buy these protein bars and I didn't keep any in my house and I never allowed myself to eat them, then I'd just be thinking about them all day long. And then eventually when I would go and have a protein bar or buy another box, I would eat way more, way more than I would ever imagine because I deprived myself for so long. Now, the reason so many people feel out of control with these triggering foods is because there is a lack of trust within ourselves around food. Food still has this magic allure to it. Maybe chocolate is still on a very, very high pedestal for you. But the way that we rebuild trust within ourselves around these triggering foods is not by pushing them away. It's not by keeping them out of the house. It's not by never allowing ourselves to eat these foods. We rebuild trust within ourselves around those triggering foods by allowing yourselves to eat them and slowly over time showing yourself that you could eat those foods in moderation. Let me relate this to an example. 
So for a very long time, I couldn't swallow pills. Okay, I had an incident when I was younger. I somewhat choked on on a pill. And uh, ever since, I just could not do it for the life of me. No matter how like brave I was, no matter how not worried I was, it was just in the back of my mind and I just could not do it. Now, if I told myself, all right, that's it. I'm never buying pills again. I'm just going to always keep buying liquid forms of my supplements. I would never, ever be able to swallow a pill, right? It just wouldn't be possible if I didn't have the pills with me. I wouldn't been able to do it. So instead, I would slowly practice allowing myself to swallow a pill. And, you know, this happened over time, just like anything with practice, so much can happen. And eventually I was able to swallow the pill. And let me tell you, I honestly feel like a pro right now, but this is exactly what will happen with your trigger foods. You're going to get to a place where slowly over time you can eat them, keep them in your house and literally forget that they're even there. And the reason that that this happens is, number one, you've given yourself permission to eat them, which diminishes the magic that it used to give you or it used to have. And number two, you've spent time rebuilding trust within yourself. All right. So keeping trigger foods out of the house is just a temporary solution. You need to rebuild trust within yourself. That is so, 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 so important. All right, let's move on to the last myth. Myth number four is this belief that meal prepping is required to help you to stop eating junk and stay on track with your healthy meals. Now, I want to share why meal prepping is helpful. Okay, before we get into the myth, I want to share why meal prepping is actually helpful because it is, okay? Meal prepping does save you time. Yes, you will have food on hand. Yes, it is much easier to have food in the fridge than to come home at seven o'clock at night or be done work and then having to whip up something quick to eat when when you are already tired and hangry. Of course, right? But meal prepping can also lead to this obsession, especially when we have this belief that I can only eat my meal prepped meals and if I have a craving or if I want something else, I can't have it. You know, I used to meal prep, um, not like I do now. I used to do it in this obsessive way where I had to pre-weigh out all of my food. I needed to pack all of my food in containers and only allow myself certain foods and meals on certain days. And I had to stick with it. Like, man, oh man, just like thinking about that. It's just horrible. Like some days I enjoyed it because it was just so easy But half the time I didn't even want what I planned to eat. And then I would stress out because I didn't want to waste food. I didn't want to get off track. You know, I spent so much time calculating my macros where I felt guilty if I didn't stick with it. But 99.99999% of the time I never stuck with it. So it really comes down to what is your intention? If you have this intention 
of meal prepping and only eating the foods that you've prepped and you can't eat anything else, that's going to cause anxiety, right? That's just very anxiety inducing. It causes this built up pressure and you're going to want to say screw it and then binge on all of the foods that you didn't prep, right? All the foods that you've deemed as off limits versus this intention of I'm going to meal prep and have my meals ready so that I can save time, right? That's so much more calming, so much more freeing. And even now I do meal prep, but again, not in the way that I used to, as I mentioned, right now I just cook a bunch of carbs and vegetables and protein. And then every single day I just decide like, what do I feel like? What sounds good? You know, I don't package my food up. I don't put them in containers. I don't weigh out my food. There's so much flexibility. But I must say I do have much more time in my day because I'm not cooking every single night. You know, so there is, of course, a benefit to meal prepping. But you got to ask yourself, what is this intention? Remember, so often we try to do these things with food, right? Let me just meal prep because I want to take control of my week. I want to make sure that I'm in control and I have all these healthy meals prepped. But if that creates more pressure, you got to really, really evaluate that. All right. So let's do kind of like a recap of the four myths to to binge eating. So myth buster number one is that I need more motivation. Number two is I need to figure out all of my triggers before ending binge eating. Number three is that I got to keep trigger foods out of the house. And number four is that meal prepping is required to help you to stop binge eating or eating junk and allow you to stay on track with your healthy meals. So I know when I was, you know, struggling with binge eating, to be honest with you, I believed all of these things. Heck, I did all of these things and I kept on blaming myself for continuing to struggle. So if that's you, don't worry, right? I know that there's so much information on online and it can be so tempting to want to just try all of these different things and blame ourselves for not being able to be consistent, but you just need the proper tools and the techniques to rewire your brain around food so that you don't feel this impulse to binge anymore. And remember, when we don't feel that nagging impulse, we won't binge. So don't beat yourself up. Perhaps you just need a new approach to ending your binge eating. Maybe you've tried all these things in the past, right? You've tried cultivating more motivation. You've tried meal prepping. Maybe you've believed that you binge because you're stressed and maybe you've tried to keep trigger foods out of the house. But perhaps the key to unlock your freedom with food is a new approach. One that involves rewiring your brain and actually getting to the root. And of course, if you want my personal support with this, feel free to check out the the show notes and reach out. I got you. But don't beat yourself up. Do not beat yourself up. Believe me, like I said, I believed all of these things and I've done all of these things. So maybe you just need a new approach and that could be the key to unlock this beautiful relationship with food, this beautiful place of of ease and freedom with food. 
But that is all for this episode, my loves. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you will take what you've learned here and apply it because I'm a firm believer in saying that knowledge is not power unless we actually implement and apply it. So thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I'll catch you in the next episode.